So before we get into that, Drew, where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter and uh, on Twitter at dbarrett three six on Instagram at dbarrett one two three six. Also, uh, don't forget to listen to me every Wednesday and Friday on WRU ninety two, the Jazz Lover on the Sports Desk from eight thirty five to nine o'clock with Jacob Willotion and JT Mullen for the greatest college perspective in sports. Um, Daily Houndsman. Sometime throughout the week, seems like the last couple of weeks, my story has never been printed uh, on the right day. I wrote a story on Monday for an event that happened today, and the story still hasn't been printed, so I don't. It's probably not going to run. Um, it's okay. It yeah, happens to us all. It's fine. You know, sometimes editors have to make executive decisions, but you know. <laughs> not like I worked four hours on the damn thing. But uh, and you know, maybe uh, another a new a new little thing I've got. Might come up here in the next week or so, so just stay tuned. I'll okay, yeah, cool. Little tease there. Uh, before I tell you guys where you can follow me, just looked up. We got the Warriors Wizards game on for those of you who well, everybody's listening to this after this game goes off. It's the game where Steph Curry goes off in the first uh half, really the first quarter. Um, Don Newman, the act, the interim head coach for the Washington Wizards has a patch on his that eye. That threw me off. That's why I was slowed I slowed down a little bit when I was giving my, uh talking about the Helmsman. I just looked it up and I was like, oh God. They, the Wizards seem to be coached be excuse me, the Wizards seem to be being coached by a pirate, literally. Mm-hmm. It's real interesting. No, now you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Conradicalness on both of those wonderful sites. You guys be sure to check both Drew and myself out on Cerrito Live from eleven to one every Saturday on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. If you haven't subscribed to Cerrito Live yet, I don't know what you're doing. Go on ahead and subscribe. If you're listening to mm-hmm. us on CerritoLive.com, thank you very much, but please go subscribe. And remember, everybody, if you miss any portion of the Cerrito Live show, you can always catch up with that on uh, CerritoLive.com. Or you can just subscribe to uh, Cerrito Live and get our podcast as well as the different segments from the show. Nine on one news quiz is quickly becoming my favorite segment of the show. I like, it. Uh, I like the open because you know we we kind of made it. The open to uh oh yeah yeah the the theme for yeah, Kevin, uh, Kevin nine on one news had quiz. to have it six months before uh, we even started the day thing. <laughs> I think we're, we were up here till like what eleven o'clock eleven one o'clock night? knocking Working that out it. man. Uh so yeah so if you guys are interested in being an at home player. Uh, tweet at 901 News Quiz on Twitter or email us at CerritoLive at gmail.com. And uh, all you got to do is just sit there. Sit at home and let our celebrity players play for you. We had Corey from 107.5 The Q on it, this it, past Saturday. Now now that he's uh, one of the official uh, morning hosts, is he still Country Corey? No. No, he can't be no, Country Corey anymore? he's just Corey. Is he the Q Corey? We'll call him Q Core. Oh, okay. Q Core. Q Core. Q Core. Uh so we had Corey on and he ended up getting all four answers correct. Oh, and so good for him. the winner ended up getting the Cerrito Live prize pack, five dollars TCBY, ten dollars the ease, and a nice nine on one collection shirt. Ooh. So if you again if you're interested, tweet at nine oh one news quiz on Twitter, email the show uh Cerrito Live at gmail dot com. Uh, it's great to do, and without further ado, let's get into some of these coaching replacements. Mm. First up on this list, and and just before we start this list again, it's it's kind of a shame that we're 
still having to talk about this. I, I, I honestly think Pastor just needs to go. I think I don't think we should wait to the end of the season. I know there's a big money buyout, but I, when a diehard Memphis fan like me dreads turning on a Tiger game because I don't want to get pissed off because I'm having two nights of a day that I don't want to turn on. What Tiger game don't you want to turn on? Because as a a college basketball fan, an avid college basketball fan, and, you have and so much more. Of, you of have Memphis. so much I do, more confidence I in this team than I what, do. And what I'm game? the one sitting here decked out of Memphis. Though. What what game don't you want to watch the Tigers play? You Didn't don't want to watch that East Carolina game. Why? Did you think Memphis would lose that game? No. Like that. That's the thing. So that East Carolina game is a bad loss. You mean going, going into the game? Going into the game, the East Carolina game, and after the game, really, East Carolina was a bad loss. I'm fine with. But I didn't want to watch SMU. Nobody. I'm a Michigan fan. I don't want to watch Michigan play SMU. (sighs) And Michigan got slaughtered by SMU. So outside of SMU, Connecticut, and possibly Cincinnati. Who don't want to watch Tulsa. I don't want to watch against Houston either. I honestly think this. in order for this team to make any type of run in the conference tournament and get a good seating, they've got to literally win out. There's no loss. You you lose. You might as well just forfeit the rest of the season. I mean, you've still got Houston. You still got Temple left. You got a UConn uh, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, UConn tomorrow. Then you got Cincinnati on Saturday, right? And you've got you got got to play. That's, Tol- a, that's a quick turnaround. Oh, it too. is. I mean, just two days, and then you got, like I said, you got to play Tulsa. You got to play Houston, who are all all great teams. I just, I, I want to believe. I really do. I wanna. I want. To be a positive Paul, not a negative Nelly, as Pastor would like to say. I want to be that guy. Like it pains me. It really does hurt me so bad that I look at a at a Memphis Tiger schedule and just say loss, loss, loss. Damn, that's another loss, loss, loss. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can pull that one out. Maybe, maybe Temple will give us the game again. You know, and it 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 just pains me to know that. When I'm talking about teams like Tulsa and Houston scaring me, and not, I'm not 100 percent sure if we can beat them. That's just that's crazy. This say Clyde Drexler, Houston, no more. <laughs> the rest of Memphis' schedule looks like this: UConn, Cincinnati at home, then on the road to Houston and Tulane, uh, at home for Central Florida, on the road for South Florida. Then you got SMU and Tulsa at home, and you end going to Temple and East Carolina. You for sure beat the Florida schools. That's it. Those are the only for sure wins. Oh, okay, see, you're that. I guess I'm just optimistic. I think you for sure beat everybody but SMU, UConn, and Cincinnati. Memphis is still a much more athletic team than everybody else. You they beat showed Tulane, it. too. I didn't see that one. Excuse me. They showed it against East Carolina, the game that I sat down and watched, and they were every bit as athletic as Cincinnati was, if not more so. Mm. Um and so you have athletes, with the exception of SMU, who nobody's able to keep up with. I, I'm not, you, I'm, you're every bit as athletically gifted and talented as everybody else in the I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying they aren't. I'm not saying they're not a, a bunch of fine young basketball players. But when you watch them throughout the season, especially in big games and even games where you fall behind, if it's if it's not if you don't have problems in the first half that kill you, you have the last two minutes kill you. Like even the the Cincinnati game, the the UConn game in particular, you played a great thirty eight minutes of basketball. 
But unfortunately, there's 40 minutes to play. And those last two minutes killed them in both of that. And if it's not the last two minutes killing you, it's the fact that you dug yourself a 10 to 15 point hole in the first half to where no matter how well you play in the second half, you almost can barely, barely climb out of it or you're still stuck in the hole. Okay. Which is like what happened against Ole Miss and East Carolina. Well, that's, that's the, the, I guess because I'm not a fan, I don't feel like that's how it's going at all. I thought the Cincinnati game was a great game. Somebody had I thought it was a great game, somebody, too, but you no, only no, played 38 no, good minutes. There was minutes. no buts. They played 40 good minutes, and the better team won that particular day. There was nothing wrong with that Cincinnati game. When you sit down and you watch it, not to me, that the Tigers fell down. Every time the Tigers got down in that game, you're like, oh, no, Cincinnati's about to pull away. Memphis found a way to fight and scrap and claw their way back into that game. And, again, it's just one of those things that happens. Teams, you play to win the game, and mm-hmm. if you're winning, somebody has to lose. So that was that Cincinnati game, the East Carolina game, and the Mississippi game. You dug yourself as a- as the as the year goes on, that Mississippi loss looks worse and worse, and you know we know about that East Carolina loss. But again, you got two bad losses on the year, possibly three. Uh, when you look at Texas Arlington, Texas Arlington. yeah Texas they're Arlington, still, who's still still atop the sun, sun still belt. atop the Sun Belt. So really, you got two under possible, depending on what they do. Um, and so you know, it's been to me, it's been a year that we pretty much expected. Let's not forget, this is the same Memphis Tiger team that I mean, forced the now number one Oklahoma Sooners uh-huh. forced them to play the full forty minutes, as you like to point out. They only lost that game by six points. Let's not forget that they they almost pulled off the upset on the road at undefeated South Carolina, which doesn't look as impressive now because South Carolina's lost a couple. Mm-hmm. And let's see how they they finish up if they if they get this. If they come out and they beat UConn and Cincinnati um, this week, everybody will calm down a Oh, smidge. yeah. I mean, I'll calm down. Everybody will. But let's let's wait and see what happens. I'm not all doom and gloom on the Tigers. I do think, though, they got to beat – they to get into the NCAA tournament. You've got to win out. They I have mean, to. Basically, well, you not, have to. Not even win out. You can't afford another two, three losses. You just can't. You can lose the SMU. Which would, I guess, technically be winning out with the exception of SMU. But you got to get wins over UConn, Cincinnati. And then, and then how far and do you have to go in the conference tournament? You have to if, win the conference tournament? Think about that. No, no, no. No, I'm stop, talking no, at large Stop and think about this. Stop and think about this. Let's say they got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They got ten games left. Mm. If they go nine and one of those ten games, they're in. As, as they're in at large, large. they're in at large. No matter how, in at no matter large. if they get knocked out in the first round of the conference tournament. Nope, in at large, because they're hot. They're hot, and they have quality wins over UConn, Cincinnati, Tulsa, and Temple. They're in. Now, I don't, I don't, do I, I think you have to go far in the conference tournament. I really do. I don't think a nine and one losing in the first round of the conference tournament gets you an at large bid. It gets you an at large in IT bid. No, it gets you in. Because you'd be, what, 22 and 9? 22 and 9 with, again, wins over Cincinnati, UConn. You would have swept Temple and, and a win over Tulsa. And you've had the, the one bad loss that kills you, but you've shown an ability to play with top notch teams. So I think, you know. Is Cincinnati and UConn that top notch? I mean, are they, are they, not automatic, not are they automatically about. an at large bid? I think so. And I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about teams 
like Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about beating Ohio State as well. Oh, you can't throw Ohio State in there. Ohio State has not been impressive, and we knew coming in the year they weren't going to be impressive. Good enough. It's, it's a quality win. It's a I Big think Ten so. win. That's I about it. I, I, would, I wouldn't go win. as far as quality. I'd say it's it's a good win, but I wouldn't say it's a quality good win. You are just a doom and a gloom over there, man. And I've, so been, I've, been, I've been up. I've been up since like seven o'clock this morning. I've been running around like a chicken with my co- head cut off at school for nine hours a day. So I guess that's been it's affected my mood a little bit about the University of Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> Fact that I spent nine hour nine consecutive hours there today. Yeah. Well, actually, no, no. I got a class at. Actually, no. I spent I spent twelve hours straight. Yeah, because I didn't get out of class till seven thirty. Oh, wow. I got there at 7.30 this morning. Nice. Full day's work for you. Yeah. Let's talk about these coaches now. Okay. So we, we talked some about the season. Uh, we'll start with Penny Hardaway. That's that's a name that's come up and that everybody is mentioning. And it's, it's a name that a lot of people seem to really like. Everyone but me. Why? Because I don't want it to go south. I don't want... <laughs> I not that he can't do it. It's not he that just, he can't do it. It's just I, I I'm afraid, and I hate I I hate to use this term. I don't want him to Larry Finch, like that. That hurts me inside to say that. That I don't want him to Larry Finch, and basically have not not. I wouldn't call it. I called it a black mark on Saturday. But now that I think about, it, I wouldn't say that his coaching career was a black mark on his. Uh, overall career at, with the Memphis basketball program, but it's not the the coaching Larry Finch isn't the Larry Finch people talk about, right? And I don't want that to have to be you know uh, kind of a iffy subject like don't talk about it. It almost never happened type of thing with with Penny Hardaway. And plus, I never ever want to have to think to myself. I never want to have to sit here in this room and do a show with you about coaches to replace Penny Hardaway. Like, we've now done two <laughs> years in a row with coaches we think should replace Josh Pastner. I'm what? perfectly fine doing the Josh Pastner replacement show. I could, I would be almost in tears trying to figure out what went wrong and why we should fire Penny Hardaway. What was the issue with Larry Finch? Like what? What? What would lead you to to Larry, say something like what, his what, time what, at Memphis what, as what, a coach was a black eye? Well, I mean, you didn't obviously. You he got the job right after um, the '85 Final Four team, um, which is, has problems of its own. But from what I've heard from a lot of people that lived through the time, obviously, I mean, I was alive. But his last season was in '96, '97. I was three years old, so. What I've heard is basically a lot of things came down to recruiting, um, player development. Just like I mean, you see with Pastor, and it just you, you just didn't feel like the program was where it needed to be. And you know, in that last year, he mm-hmm. went sixteen and fifteen. Right. Uh, only was only had four seasons where he was where you had a ranked team. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, you're taking over a job. That of a team that you know, from when he was a player till the time he got a job was very very good. I mean, we were very good throughout the seventies and most of the eighties, right? So, I just don't want to have to bring myself to say 
it's time to move move away from Penny. I'd much rather just Penny be that glory figure, that guy on a pedestal up there when there's nothing wrong with him in the eyes of Memphians. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to either cut down his pedestal a little bit or kick him completely off. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I I, I guess I can understand that. Um, and Memphis has had some history when you look at Larry Finch and Larry Porter on the mm-hmm. the uh, college football he side. Shall of not be named. Well, I just said it. But uh, <laughs> am I going to have to suspend you from this show like Kevin suspended you from? Probably. <laughs> no, but seriously, I can understand all of that. And you, but when you think about Finch, and as if you can take a step back and understand and realize, he has seven twenty-plus win seasons and six tournament appearances. He did, but twenty wins here is the bare minimum at Memphis. Yeah. It's supposed to be the bare good minimum. Point. And Pastner didn't even get the bare minimum last year. True, that is very true. And Finch is the all-time winningest coach at Memphis as well. Mm. So I mean. Black black eye, I can see it. I think the expectations were so they were high, too are high. so high, and I think, for, think the same. It would be the same for Penny, right? Though. For Finch, and it would be the same for uh, Anthony Hardaway as well. Um, my concern is uh, no no college coaching experience, but when you're a player, when you're a person like Anthony Hardaway is, and when you're a legend in the community, you already have that community pool. You're able to get the recruits mm-hmm. in the area. Use your NBA resources and contacts as well to come and talk to the kids, to try and get them to come to Memphis. And, you know, you don't have to have the the college coaching experience. Passner didn't, and they hired him. Mm-hmm. He was an assistant coach. Uh, Penny is a head coach at the high school level. But I think it would be a, a pretty good hire. I can understand the trepidation behind mm-hmm. not wanting Penny. I can definitely understand the fact that you don't want an idol falling from grace. With that being said, Michigan went out and hired Jim Harbaugh. Granted, completely yeah, Harbaugh different, different had situation. a lot of Harbaugh great experience at Stanford. Both collegiate and professional NFL. experience. But I say that to say you can see what happens when a coach who was a former player and a native son of the city mm-hmm. comes home and how that can not only re- re-energize a fan base but really throw some energy into a program that really needs it. Michigan mm. needed energy as a program, and Jim Harbaugh came in and gave that. And I think Penny would do the same thing for Memphis Tiger fans he would. on the basketball end. Uh, so that's one coach. I, do, you think, do you think if he does take the job, Penny releases a new shoe line? No. New shoe? No, no. new shoe? No new shoe. Maybe it's a dress uh. shoe. Okay. Maybe maybe them coaches new, shoe. Maybe maybe them new pennies be out with the with the Steve Harvey suits. Ooh, yeah. So you go. You I go buy me some store, new pennies. You go into the store and you see the new pennies right there sitting next to the Stacey Adams and stuff okay. like that. Those nice little dress shoes. <laughs> uh, got to move on here real quick. We got Damon Stoudemire on the list. This is the guy that you really like. Still do. He's still my number one man. Uh, exactly like I said almost this time last year when we recorded. Uh, basically the same podcast with, uh, without Penny on it. Um, right. but Damon, great NBA career, won a natural championship at University of Arizona. Very, very good X's and O's guys. Been proven at Arizona now here at Memphis as an X's and O's guy. And that's been one of the biggest knocks on Josh Pastner. Also, uh, was a great recruiter, great recruiter for Arizona. Um, and, Honestly, when you get a guy like Damon Stoudemire in your living room, you're going to listen to him. You're going to listen to what that man has to say. And he can say, hey, I've been in your shoes. 
I went to I went I went to college. I won a national championship. I played in the NBA. I know what it takes. I know how to develop you. I know what you need to do to get to where you want to be, and that's in the NBA. So if you come, if you buy into what I have to tell you, you buy into my program, you buy into my system, I can guarantee you, you will be playing in the NBA. There's not a kid out there where they wouldn't listen to that. You don't think those kids would be more receptive if instead of Damon it was Penny sitting there? I think no, I think it would. I think it would. It's just uh, Damon's got a lot more coaching experience. He's so that, that's in, the difference. The he's fact been, that yeah. Damon has been an assistant coach at the collegiate and, level and, and NBA level at, at both levels, and Penny hasn't yet. Yeah, I, that's I, the it difference. really okay, is. That's, you know, that makes I'm, sense. You know, nobody gonna knock you. Always want somebody with a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're looking at these things or when you're looking at making a hire in general, man. I mean, Penny would be a lot better, especially here in Memphis. I mean, what Memphis kid has never heard of Penny Hardaway? Have they heard? Have they all heard of him? Everybody's always heard okay. of Penny Hardaway. I mean, even when he decided to start coaching at the East, I mean, it, it was, was, a, big it was a big deal. It was. I mean, I know I can't really speak for the younger generation, but yeah, see, I that's feel who I'm concerned about the, like. Does does a nine year old, ten year old Memphis the, the kids who know, didn't live in the nineties that didn't watch watch him play in Orlando do, do they or know anything that like that? Penny Hardaway was a an Olympian. Like, do they know they that? They don't. They don't know he's on the dream team. Was that the, that was part two, right? Or was that part three? He was. Uh, it was he was part two. Part it was two. two. It was two. Yeah. It was a ninety six team. Yeah, yeah. He was dream team part two, man. Him and Shaq and Grant Hill. Who else was on that? Gary Payton. Michael was still on the team. No, Michael wasn't on that team. Not on ninety six. No, not on ninety six. Let's let's look into that. Uh, was Magic still on? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, Magic came back to the NBA in in ninety. He wasn't on that dream team. No. Are you sure? I'm a hundred percent sure. I always get the first one and two teams. Uh, let's see. Reggie Miller was on that team. Uh, who was another big man? Okay, so here it goes. Got the roster pulled up. Charles Barkley, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, forgot Carl Malone, forgot Akeem Olajuwon, uh, Reggie Miller, Pippen. Shaq, Gary Payton, Scottie Pippen, my man Mitch Richmond. I forgot he was on that team. David Robinson and John Stockton. So that was your second dream team. Stockton, Pippen, uh, and Malone. Malone and Barkley were on the original team, if I'm not mistaken. Malone might not have been. Nope, Malone was. So yeah, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Scottie Pippen, John Stockton, David Robinson were all on that uh, original team. Okay. And then Penny was good enough to make that roster mm-hmm. right there. So that that showed you how great he was. And I just wonder if you know again the the nine ten year old Memphian knows about Anthony Hardaway. I, I and how feel good he I was. feel like he has. I mean, he probably learned about him as much as the way I did. I mean. Obviously, I'm from I'm a '90s kid. I was born in 1994. Um, I do remember watching Penny play a little bit in uh, in the NBA. But you know how how you learn about every other great Memphian is you're at a game, a basketball game with your dad. You look up at the rafters and you see the jerseys up there and say, "Dad, who is Larry Finch? Dad, who is Keith Lee? Who is Penny Hardaway?" And you just go down the list, and he'll sit there and explain and tell you all the great things. That's exactly what my dad did, and that's what led me to be such a great Memphis fan and and to know about these guys like Larry Finch and Penny Hardaway, to have be able to really respect what they did here at the University of Memphis. And I, I feel like hopefully the younger gener- younger generation is getting the same treatment from their parents and learning the same way I did. So. 
We got Penny and, and Damon Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. And the the only difference is Stoudemire has assistant coaching experience at both the professional and, and he already level. has experience and he's already recruiting for Memphis and, yeah. and, and interacting with the Memphis mm-hmm. players on that level. Uh, let's talk about some head coaches out there who Memphis might be able to to sneak away. Bruce Pearl, Memphis is in love with this man. Everybody loves Bruce Pearl. Everybody does, but me. No, <laughs> just ignore the fact that his Auburn Tigers are struggling this year. Nine and twelve overall, three and six in the SEC. Um, but Memphians, some Memphians want him, man. Do you think Bruce Pearl will be able to come in and turn this around? I think he would, and then we get. Hit with uh, some violations in about two years. Well, that's that's what any Memphis basketball coach. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he looks except back. for Josh, he had to play by the rules. Oh, don't do that! Because if he if playing he, by uh, the rules didn't work, now did it? If he ended up having mm-hmm. to vacate some of those wins, oh, man, y'all did. y'all be upset also. Oh, I'm still hurting over it. <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly think that on my tombstone it will say, "Here lies Drew Barrett." Father, husband, son, still mad about 08. <laughs> Bruce Pearl, uh, it looked like last year Bruce Pearl was doing some amazing things at Auburn. Looked like they were actually ahead of schedule last year. And it made it, when we brought him up last year, it made more sense mm. to bring him up last year because the, the Auburn Tigers were playing as well as could be expected. You remember they they got to the SEC tournament and got all the way to the or got was it the championship? Did they get to the championship game? At least got, the semifinals. Got to I the remember semi- they got a lot farther than I thought. They got to the semifinals in the SEC tournament and, and ended up losing to Kentucky, mm. who was undefeated at the time yeah. and went through all the that, way to the national national final four. They lost in the final four, right? To yeah, Wisconsin. To Wisconsin. Uh, Cerrito, Cerrito and I, well, I was with the Cerritos. We were at some place uh, off broad. We had went to the arcade and then swung by, and oh my gosh, I forget the name of this place, but we ran into a lady named Sheila, and she invited us to come to her church. Shout out Miss Sheila. We'll be there one of these Sundays at her church. I wonder if Kevin still has the card. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where we were when we watched Kentucky go down. That's one of those things you'll never forget watching the number one team in the nation go down. I was undefeated, at number I, one I, undefeated team in the nation go down. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings on Winchester. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, but again, Memphis fans love them, and I think it's it's the Tennessee in them. Because Memphis is in Tennessee, it Memphians is. I mean, might not I do like have, the I, University I, of Tennessee. I have state that, pride. I love that, the state of Tennessee. Now that University out east up there, and then Mountain Volunteers people like Memphis in country. Oh no, we're just a little bit more. We we more of a hood country. Oh okay, all right. I didn't know there were different types of country. Yeah, but continue. Yeah, I mean like. Uh, dang it. Sorry, my phone vibrated. Scared <laughs> scared me a little bit. <laughs> No, there's different types of country. I mean, there, there's hood country, like here in Memphis, you know, okay. where there's, you know, you you know what I mean. By no, I don't. I, I have no clue what you mean by hood country is like, you know, I can chill with, I, I, I can be chilling on the street, but I also, I can go deer hunting. Okay. And so you're saying them boys in Knoxville can't go chill on the street. They can't chill on the streets with me. <laughs> Best believe not be stepping on my block. Okay, anyways, back on Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it will be interesting to see if they could get Pearl away. The buyout for Passner is so large that Payne and, and Bruce Pearl is making good money at he Auburn. He is. Auburn's throwing money at him left and right. And so, you know, if if he enjoys being paid, I don't know if Memphis will be able to match the offer that Auburn has and not only match it but surpass it, especially having to uh, buy out Passner. Yeah, you, one, so that would be tough. We'd have to buy him out. Then we'd have to pay him the same amount. And I mean, no, you'd have. To I pay mean, him more honestly, to get you'd have to pay. I mean, honestly, Bruce would get more money here, but he's already making a lot of money down there in Auburn, and it's a lot stress less, less stressful of a job, less stressful stressful of a uh, program to yeah. run. I mean, he doesn't have members in the media doing. Who should replace him? Podcast or or Jeff Calkins writing articles about how Pastor's done, or or Calkins and uh, Jason Smith going just basically lighting him up on live radio. Right, right. I mean, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to deal with that down in Auburn now. That's one thing that could, you know, I mean, steer coaches away is how passionate Memphians are about our basketball program, and how you know, even though you look at some of those supposedly good years of Passner that most fans like do just like I did when I say good I do air quotes I mean because it, it's never enough and you as a potential coach you come in you see that you're like man like if, if I go 28 and 4 these people are going to hang me yeah I lost four games that's unacceptable like I mean these these people think that they're Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina and Unfortunately, that's our mindset, and that's who we think we should be. We don't think that we're uh, a top 50 program. We think we're a top 10 program. And that's what Memphis fans believe, and that's how they feel, and that's how they're going to react when things don't go as they should for a top 10 college basketball program. So it almost could, if I'm sitting there as a coach from the outside, that's going to draw, that's going to, I'm going to be a little hesitant. Yeah. And I would too. And and again, you're you're in a place where if in ten years you get them to five or six NCAA tournaments with, with one Sweet Sixteen appearance, you're good at Auburn. At yeah. Auburn. Oh, at Auburn. I thought you were talking Memphis, here. I was like, no. Memphis. It wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be. And so, you know, there's there's that. So I don't know if Memphis would be able to get Bruce Pearl, but everybody is in love with him. So mm-hmm. he, he's also on the list. We are. Out of time, unfortunately, as Andre Iguodala. A lot Iguodala. less coaches on this year. Well, here's the thing. We don't know the landscape of the coaching mm. uh, carousel yeah. yet. We don't know. We're pretty sure Passner's not going to come back, or there's a strong possibility he's not coming back. God, if he but answers we my don't, prayers, he won't be. We don't know what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. We don't not yet. The seat we're, yeah, I mean, we're barely outside of more. midway. It's ten games left in the season, mm-hmm. and then we still have conference tournament and the national tournaments to sit through and watch. So mm-hmm. when when I the mean, coaching we still carousel got, we still got two up, months, yeah, when the coaching carousel clears up, we can take a look at some of these other coaching candidates and everything mm-hmm. like that who will be throwing their hats into the ring come season's end. Uh, but until then. It's just the three that mm-hmm. Memphians are talking about right now, and it's only been it's only three. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, Penny, it's Damon, Damon, and it's Bruce Pearl. Before before we wrap this whole thing up, I, I want I want to get your opinion. You're you're not the the hardcore Memphis fan, even though you do have somewhat more uh, faith in this team this year than I do. 
Do you think that it's right how Pastor's been treated lately? I mean, because I literally, think he's, li- I think he's doing a hell of a job. Hearing hearing some of the things that fans have been talking about, and I mean, like I said about Calkins and Smith, I mean, going off on him yesterday. I mean, like those are two of the most influential sports writers in the city of Memphis. I mean, do do you think that he deserves the way we've been treating him and the way we've been talking about him, knowing that no matter where he looks, there's somebody with it. No matter where he goes, there's somebody within five feet that wants him fired. Okay. Do you think it's fair to him? Here's the thing. He's doing a hell of a job this year. So if you're just looking at this year, I don't understand why people are upset about this year and they're not they're upset about the totality of the events that have taken place under his watch Mm -hmm. this type of rage would make more sense when he had the four guards joe johnson in them uh joe jackson Jackson. jaron johnson jaron johnson joe jackson always mix them up chris crawford and when he had those those guys there um it would have made more sense Mm -hmm. because there was too much talent on that team for them to not get to a Sweet 16 at least. Mm-hmm. This type of outrage makes sense. He He's a much better coach now than he was then, and that happens. People grow into their position. Mm-hmm. They grow into the roles that they have to grow into. Um, so there's that part of it as well. Now, is it fair? If, if, if I'm being a person, mm-hmm. being an empathetic person, no, it's not fair. But is he making millions? Yeah. I, I can't feel bad for anybody making millions <laughs> of dollars. I can't. It's I'm I'm not equipped to show that type of empathy. If you're making what's he making? Two, two and a half? Two seven, I think. Two seven two point seven mil a year? Yeah. And you want me to feel bad because people are calling for you to be fired? Does he get paid if he gets fired? Yeah. He gets what? Ten mil. I don't no. I don't <laughs> feel bad for him at all. I don't. And that and that's why. As a person, and you stop and you consider people's feelings. Yeah, I can understand feeling bad for him on that standpoint. But then you take a step back and realize, yo, no matter what they do, he's getting bank. I he wish I bank. could get fired and still get paid. I do too. I wish people would talk like, about re- me like re- a dog re- and I'd still get paid. Re- I would do it for a hundred thousand. <laughs> I do it. I do it for thirty. Do it for thirty. You can find me right now if you. <laughs> Buy my contract and pay me thirty grand a year, man, do for the next could, four years. No, I could do it thirty grand. Lose Jeez. my mind. Oh, I know. But the reason I the reason I thought of this is because I was just going through campus and I was just hearing people talk about Firebaster, Firebaster, and then somebody was talking to me about the Hawkins and Smith thing, and I was like, how would I feel if if I everywhere I went, somebody I could just hear people talking about how I shouldn't be on sports radio and how I shouldn't be doing what I love and. You know, it, I kind of hurt my. I, I could see how it hurt my feelings, but I'm obviously not about to get paid ten million dollars. So screw I, it. Look, if you guys want to talk bad about me, and I'm still getting paid, yeah. and, and Fifty Six fires me, and they're still going to pay me, whatever. Oh God, I kind of wish that would happen. So whatever. I'm, you know how much free time I'd have? I whatever. work five jobs. I ain't got. I'd love to get paid to not talk, work. Talk about me. They hated on Jesus too. They. Jesus didn't have bank like that. Nah, he didn't. But, yo, Pastor got bank. He'll be all right. He'll I don't feel bad for him at all. Thank you so much, Herdaholics, for listening to this episode. Be sure to go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes on CerritoLive.com. 
and on memphisport.com as well. Uh, but the really the best way to go about this is just subscribe, subscribe. to Surreal uh, Live on Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast. That's what I app. do. Uh, that does it for us. We'll talk to you guys next time. For Drew, I'm CJ. Holla. Have a wonderful and blessed day.